Hi everybody, welcome. Welcome to Alina's Alchemy. This is Alina. I'm a certified meditation teacher, energy healer. I'm a mystic and I channel the angelics. And if you are a friend of this channel for a while now, you know that I'm a huge advocate of working with the angels, working with spirit. And to help you do that with the most integrity and clarity of guidance, I focus on teaching you ways to heal your energy first to clear your energy so that you can use your intuition with clarity unhindered by the filters of past experiences or trauma. Today's video is a continuance of this effort of mine to bring you content that helps you regulate your nervous system and heal emotionally and mentally so that you can use your spiritual gifts unhindered by baggage from your past. Now, this one is important because communication with the higher realms occurs mostly through the heart center, okay? We receive higher guidance through the heart center in the form of heightened emotional states. This is how we perceive our angels through the heart center, okay? So often people are like, how do I communicate with my angels? How do I, you know? But when the center, which is also responsible for the emotional spectrum, is burdened by past wounding, there is only one portion of the spectrum of emotions that the heart center is then able to perceive, and that's usually the lower emotional states, okay? Like grief, uh, anger, doubt, depression, anxiety, you name it. And insecurity and all, all, of, all of these you know low emotions so when we finally close all chapters and release these old energies our energetic signature or frequency rises and we're able to work seamlessly with higher expressions of divine consciousness such as the angels for those new here i speak a lot on this channel about energy about crystals astrology and it's our hedipal energies every week and I speak about manifestation, I speak about intention setting and shaping reality as a deliberate co-creator with the divine, namely your team of angels and spirit guides. So if all of this sounds good to you, feel free to subscribe to the channel to not miss out on future content. Just so you know, I work with the archangels, but I'm not religious. Archangels and angels are non-denominational. They don't belong to a religion and do not need man-made religion to express themselves through. Uh, religions have simply been documenting the presence of angels. So me working with the angels and teaching you how to work with the angels too, doesn't make this a religious channel. I'm rather spiritual and this is a spiritual channel. And I also believe that spirituality should be serving us on a practical level, um, help us connect the dots in our reality, in our lives and create change in our daily lives by connecting those dots. And uh, I don't think spirituality is supposed to be something vague and inconceivable or uh, something we can't use in practical ways because at the end of the day, that is, exactly what is important it's whether something helps us create change and transformation and betterment and healing and actual visible tangible measurable progress or whether something is just a theory just for the sake of you know being a theory or just being an entertaining study a lot of people are losing themselves in studying spirituality but don't act upon 
any of the things that they learn. So I want to invite you to consider trying out what you're going to be learning today on this video. Feel free to try it out. Don't just learn it. Don't just be a hoarder of knowledge and information. Act on it. I'm absolutely not interested in sharing mere theories. I'm not interested in just talking about woo-woo over here. I'm actually very practical, application-oriented, daily life, healthy habits, and efficient tools kind of person. I'm a Gemini, you can tell, I speak a lot because Gemini is ruled by Mercury, <laughs> the god of communication, the divine messenger. But I have a lot of Capricorn in my natal chart, so you get the point. If it's not real, if it doesn't actually work, I don't care about it. I'm not gonna be speaking here on my channel about it. If it's not bringing actual significant change, I'm not gonna be entertaining it here. So what I'm gonna be sharing here with you today is legit. Uh, it would do you good to commit to trying these methods out for a while consistently to get to see tangible results, all right? So after this very long intro, but I had to express these things. Um, so today we're going to talk about how to release trauma from the body. I'm going to give you real tools. You can work with them at home. You are just going to need a journal and quite frankly, a bucket of honesty with yourself. But before we dive into the actual work, I would like that we take a detour to talk about trauma in general and to try to put it in a frame, try to define it in a way that will help you identify it and see potentially its roots in your story and in your life and therefore gain as much insight about it as possible. The type of trauma that you may have gone through, if you have any, even people who are like, I don't have any trauma, we all have trauma. If you can name it, you can control it. If you can make the unconscious conscious, you have choice and power over it and you're not just unconsciously acting out from that. You're not playing it out unconsciously. So if you're ready, get your notebook. You might want to actually keep notes. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm gonna give it to you nice and thorough. So let's dive in. So sometimes we experience something that changes us forever or we might not even remember we have experienced something that traumatized us. It can be rooted so far back in early childhood that you might not even know that it is there. However, if it is there, it is um, bound to show up eventually to make itself known either in the form of beliefs, thoughts we keep on thinking all of the time, certain behaviors, instinctual repulses or fears, instinctual reactions that are severe. So basically it can end up even looking like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. It can be manifested as poor health, low self-esteem, depression, anger, jealousy, feelings of inadequacy, fears of an abandonment, a sense of worthlessness that causes us maybe to self-sabotage or even as something as innocent as procrastination. Or it can make us want to prove ourselves so bad and at all costs that we end up embarking on paths that were never what we truly wanted. The trauma self within us operates in survival mode, meaning it will operate as if it has no other choice but to do things for its own survival. 
And this can manifest in a huge variety of ways from lacking boundaries and betraying ourselves in order to be chosen by other people, uh, in order to survive emotionally in this case and quite often also physically survive. Um, maybe becoming an actual narcissist even who manipulates and shames and oppresses others in an effort to feel like they have control in an effort to get their own meets, needs met. I want you to understand therefore the deep disempowerment that such behaviors originate from and have a little bit of compassion and understanding towards people you might be observing like uh, displaying behaviors like the ones we mentioned. A little disclaimer though, when I talk about compassion, I don't mean not to get your ass out of situations where you are dealing with narcissistic or abusive people, right? We can have compassion because we understand why someone acts the way they do, but we also have responsibility towards ourselves to get the heck out of there and seek better for ourselves, all right? So back to our topic, what trauma is going to present itself as has a lot to do with the original source of the trauma and the very um, energetic statement of the trauma. So basically, what happened? What did it make you feel like? That is exactly the pattern that you're carrying with you. And if you are still holding on to your trauma, and this is where we, of course, can find tremendous profound insight as to the cure for this trauma. But for this to happen, we first need to have the trauma be visible, become become conscious to us, okay? Um, so we can analyze it and, and tune into how we heal it because often trauma, you know, is buried, is unacknowledged, right? And that's also a coping me mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. I cannot deal with this so I just pretend it never happened. So we need to start asking ourselves a lot of questions and a lot of people are not even consciously aware of the fact that they carry certain types of trauma. They have buried it underneath a very strong exterior or a very go-getter attitude or, you know, and without the necessary self-assessment um, or the trained eye of an expert, like, who is really looking at the person and is like, what is this person doing or saying? How do they present themselves? What lies right beneath all of that. <laughs> so without this assessment, even from you or from an expert, trauma can keep on going unidentified and behaviors and ways of thinking and acting and feeling uh, associated with this trauma or even physical illness, especially when trauma remains stored in the physical body, which is very often, and this is what we're going to heal with this video. So trauma can keep on going for years, like accumulating until we usually have a breakdown and the person decides to look at their shadow and do some healing. Now, what is important though that we do before we even get to talking about how to release trauma from the body is, again, is to define trauma. There is this huge misconception as to trauma being only something really, really terrible, such as the death of a loved one, being raped or having been in an accident. I'm sorry, by the way, if this language is triggering to some, but then, my loves, you are at a video where we're talking about healing trauma, okay? Feel free to check out if this is too much for you, but I do believe you have everything you need to move past your trauma and pain and come out on the other side. If you have bumped on this video 
It means you are ready. There's no coincidences in this universe. So having said that, trauma is not just extreme situations. You see trauma has nothing to do with what happened, but everything to do with how the person perceived and experienced what happened and the meaning we assign to what happened. And that has a lot to do also with our societal programming. Dr. Nicole Lapera, the holistic psychologist, she describes it like trauma occurs when the person felt like there is no way out, no escape, no hope. This description for trauma finds me very much agreeing. Let me give you an example. You can be a small child and your toy has been taken away as a punishment for, let's say, breaking something. Now, the toy at this small age is a companion for the child. It's something that the child relies on for their sense of emotional security. Now, having that security taken away from them is so distressing, especially like be, the toy being taken away from a caregiver. So a figure that is supposed to be protecting the child, caring for the child's well-being. So the child doesn't know what to make of this. So this is basically something that can be extremely traumatizing for the child, inducing all sorts of different types of trauma from becoming distressful from feeling frustrated because, you know, it's a small child, the adult takes the toy away, the child cannot do something to reclaim the toy, it's, it's helpless, uh, not trusting people to take care of them, feeling betraying, feeling unloved, it can create anxiety, it can create fear, uh, like if I have something I love or something good, then it could be taken away from me and then I would be powerless to be able to do something about it. Um, or it can create beliefs or programming, like if I don't act in ways that please the people around me, uh, the people above me especially, because the child is not able to understand the concept of being punished for, let's say, breaking something. Children don't understand this logic. Oh, you broke that vase, and that vase, I wanted it. It was important to me. Children go through the first few years of their life with only their emotional centers developed, so they filter everything through emotions, so if a child was curious to see that vase and it broke, you know, it's all about how that made them feel and they don't have the mental ability to help them explain situations or cope with situations mentally. Like I broke this and now there's a consequence. And so the child cannot understand also the concept of punishment so early if you don't explain it to him also. Maybe because the child was probably just curious, you know, was really trying hard also possibly also to attract the attention of the caregiver. It was trying to express a need for something, either curiosity or, hey, I'm here, look at me. And instead, uh, when the child tries to meet a need of theirs, it gets punished. So this experience also teaches the child that voicing your needs or asserting yourself in any manner will get you punished. So the child grows into, you know, like this silent type that asks for nothing and makes sure they adjust their behavior to the satisfaction of others because this is what creates the least problems for them. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> so now you have an adult uh, who is completely disconnected from their wants and needs because they have learned for the longest time that no, 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 better, better, let's not go there. Their personality and everything that goes with it, like for example, their, their job and how they have to find their life purpose, their relationships, their appearance even, abides to the feedback from other people instead of their own preferences. In fact, they may have reached the point that where they don't even know what their preferences are because they have been taught to ignore their inner 
compass and act in ways that please others. Now, this person might even develop physical illnesses if they keep on ignoring the call to unearth and explore their inner impulses and true needs, because this is all about needs. Right, so you see, this can start very innocently, like a kid, you know, the toy being taken away, and it can spread out very badly. So you don't need to have been severely abused or have been in a plane crash to have been traumatized. You could have had the most perfect parents who whoever couldn't see you, acknowledge you, your needs. Or it could have been something as stupid as that. Someone taking away your teddy bear to punish you for breaking something. Right? I'm saying this because also I see a lot of shaming happening for trauma that doesn't sound as terrible. Like, it could be that someone is going through a breakup. Something that I experienced personally, and maybe it's funny, and maybe it makes, maybe it's good for me to share this. Uh, so I had a breakup, okay? And I wrote, I wrote a music album about it because for those who don't know, I'm also a professional musician. I'm a awarded songwriter. That's the way I process things. So I wrote an album about the breakup that I had and I was very open in my writings about what I experienced and what it made me feel like. That relationship was very abusive. And so, yeah, there was trauma in there. It, writing this music for me was my way of acknowledging what had happened before I could move on. So at some point, what happened, and I found that very, very interesting um, and very telling about how people in society generally perceive trauma, I had a lot of people on social media shaming me about writing songs about, about it and uh, that I should just get over it because there's such terrible things going on in the world and that's not the time for me to be writing such an album. There's so much going on in the world. That's a huge mistake to make like denying someone's version of events and denying our version of events, our reality, the way something changed us, the way something affected us. Well, it's all trauma and it's all valid and how it affected you and made you feel and changed the ways you behave or the things you believe about yourself and the world or the expectations that you now have from life. All of that matters. I want you to know that. I want you to know that I see you and you are validated, you are acknowledged. Your burden is valid. Even if people are like, oh, come on, so many other people have had it so much worse, like stop whining about it. No, what you went through is valid. Now, the only reason I'm sharing what I'm sharing is because I know it would have helped me tons back in, back in the day if I had seen or if I had heard of some, someone or if someone had come up to me and told me, you know, and sp speaking this openly about their struggles, you know, it would have helped me feel like I'm not crazy or weird and that I'm not a crybaby, right? And this is what I hope to help you understand as well. You're not weird. You're not overreacting or anything. So, um, yeah, trauma is every time you felt there was no way out for you. Every time you felt there was no way to change your circumstances. That's why a lot of trauma we carry comes from childhood because that is the time in our lives where we are at the mercy of our caregivers and we don't have a say over how things will go for us. We're literally 
at the mercy of other people who are responsible for our upbringing. Emotional unavailability of the parents, for example, towards the child, or even, let's say, living with parents who are unable to emotionally regulate themselves, or parents who confuse a child by saying, I love you, you're the greatest, the one moment, and I'm sick of you, or I don't have time for you the next moment, and then I love you, right, the next moment again. So it could be that your parent never raised a hand on you, but was psychologically abusive, or was absent, or was invalidating your experience by saying, I don't know, no, this didn't happen like that, or why do you cry? You have no reason to cry. You have so much to be thankful for or <laughs> whatever, you know, like never acknowledging your reality and what is going on for you. This creates trauma. It creates a person who grows up to be constantly questioning their reality and their truth, their perspective. And generally, whether something's really happened or if the fact that, let's say, their boss is abusive towards them, if it's just all in their head and it's not really happening. Do you know this? Where you just, you catch people doing things and you're like, oh, maybe that's all in my head. Maybe that's not really what happened. This is all trauma and trauma self behaviors. And it's good to do something about them when we start becoming conscious of these things. If you're here, chances are you have started becoming conscious of these patterns in your life. You have probably started catching these things or how these things affect you or just the shitty emotions these things are creating for you. So as the title of this video implies, trauma can get stuck in the body. Yes. It is not just the brain that changes with trauma. And by the way, for those who don't know, post-traumatic stress, for example, can even be depicted and seen clearly in brain scans. You can see a brain scan. You can see um, the areas that, let's say, an intense stress or a traumatic event, uh, how it has affected certain areas of the brain. So we are talking about something very tangible. And we're not just talking about, oh, you're just so sensitive. Like, oh, it's just in your head. Oh, you can just get over it just like that. Just stop talking about it. Don't think about it. No, no, no. Your brain is changed. The brain changes, the chemistry of your body changes, the behavior of your cells changes when you have been subjected to trauma. This energy literally comes and sits on a cellular level and changes happen also when we start to heal on a positive manner, right? Like positive changes that show how our nervous system is starting to get regulated again. So that's why if you have trauma, you're also not a lost case. So it's the very cells in our bodies also that can store trauma. The cells in their turn will go on and form tissue in our body, right? And this tissue will carry the information the brain has given it. So trauma brain, trauma cells and tissue. And this is why physical illness like manifests itself or like anxiety disorders and stuff like that right? Like trauma does manifest in the body and through the body chemistry. I'm personally an amazing manifester. I'm so good at it that I manifested a few years ago a chronic physical condition for myself. 
But I must say, with techniques such as EFT that I'm going to be showing you today, I've managed to keep myself in remission since after I was officially diagnosed. And um, when I chewed on the the trauma and everything, when I chewed on these energies and I flushed them out of my system, I don't even have this illness anymore. So the tools that I'm going to give you today are tools that I have used myself consistently for months upon months, for years. And I still use them when I feel like, when, when I feel called to. Um, when I say I've been using them for months upon months, that's not to imply that it takes that long for EFT to work. It's just that I choose always to go deep, like really, really deep on many issues for myself. That's all. And also, you know, it depends. I realized that I had such complex trauma and complex PTSD. So not everybody's the same, but this tool called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques or Meridian Tapping, okay? It is one of the only tools that I have experienced that has created like such hilarious shifts for me, like within moments, minutes. What is EFT and how to use it and why it works and how to use it to heal trauma, to release trauma stored in the body. So the trauma response, the post-traumatic stress response is basically occurring because the area of the brain called amygdala is activated each time something in a situation or in our environment. And it can also be something extremely subtle in an environment. Um, it reminds us of the circumstances of the original event that caused a trauma, right? Whenever we feel under threat, the amygdala region of the brain gets activated and we go into what we call fight or flight mode. You've heard of that possibly. And this is a very ancient function that we inherited from our ancestors. And it basically helped humans as a species survive. And it's the mode where we are getting ready to either fight the threat we have in front of us or run away from it. In either case, we need extra energy to do all that, like either to fight or run away from the danger. And so our body is serving us in that moment by shutting down functions such as digestion or cognitive function, and instead is putting all of the focus on pumping blood and adrenaline and hormones into our limbs so we can run or hit the thread really hard. <laughs> this is why when you have anxiety, which in my view is emotional energy you couldn't process earlier when you were going through trauma and your circumstances did not allow you to feel safe enough to process this emotion. So when you have anxiety where your system is on fight or flight, you you get you feel this this stress hormones right you get you get heart rates uh but you also can get nausea and digestive issues and headaches and all that stuff because the blood flow is no longer in the digestive or in the cognitive area it's about run so a chronically dysregulated nervous system can ruin for example the gut due to the body not feeling safe for a very long time and thus never for the longest time never really going into rest and digest mode. And so blood circulation never fully happens in the gut. That's why so many people have gut issues nowadays. 
because the God like this cannot replenish itself and self-heal. When I realized this and I looked at my diagnosis for Crohn's disease, which is a disease that affects the gut, and you literally have like the lining of, of the gut breaking and stuff, I was like, of course, of course, I haven't felt safe in years. And so the process to help myself feel safe in my body began at that point. Now, after having endured trauma, whether long-term or short-term trauma, feeling safe in our bodies is a huge challenge. But there is hope. Really, the meridian tapping, basically, what it does, it overrides the amygdala from flight, fight or flight back into the rest and digest mode. It overrides the nervous system back into regulation. EFT acts also in a way that it kind of trains the amygdala to not get activated by the same triggers anymore. And so the benefits are long-term. So you train your brain one flashback at a time to be all right with it. So how does EFT work? Okay, how does it do that? When you tap on a meridian point, and we have many meridian points on our body, as you can see with this picture, uh, each of them corresponding to specific organs and emotions and even areas of life. So as you tap on a meridian point and while you are addressing a certain emotional issue, this releases relaxation or even pleasure hormones like endorphins, like serotonin. So you train the body to associate your painful memory no longer with stress responses no longer by releasing stress hormones and kick-starting the fight-or-flight response. It trains the body to feel safe at the memory of a distressing experience. Uh, without the fight-or-flight, you can make the discernment that this is a memory. It's not right now what's happening. So EFT teaches the body that all is actually well in the here and now. You're not in danger. Again, we must understand that the amygdala hold those very primitive responses to danger. This is a part of the brain that we have from, as I said, from our caveman ancestors. And it has been trained basically like through millennia of evolution to alert us when danger is perceived. The amygdala is responsible for the fight or flight response, which is exactly this. If you are facing a danger, let's say, a wild animal back in the day for our ancestors, your alert system will fuel you with, with enough stress hormones to be able to either run away from the danger or fight the danger. Like get your spear and attack the bear and kill it, right? So you see how far back this as a mechanism goes and how this stress response has been embedded in our DNA. But we're deliberate creators we can train our body to do what we want it to do. Now, these were the threats we had back then. Now, in the modern world, we don't deal with tigers and bears and such kind of dangers anymore, but we are dealing with childhood trauma, things that makes us feel like our survival is threatened, a stressy boss, a suspicion that your boyfriend is cheating on you and you will be abandoned. So... Trauma stored in the body can cause these knee-jerk reactions reoccurringly, setting the alarm on uh, 
with every little thing perceived as a good reason to be alarmed. Because remember, the amygdala wants to make sure you remain safe. Better safe than sorry. This is the slogan of the amygdala. So it is going to alert you more times than not. You have basically a dysregulated nervous system. So this is a map of meridian points that you can start tapping when you catch yourself having a flashback or a stress response. Feel free to trace these points with your fingers on your body. Get accustomed with that, okay? We start from the, from the inner brow and we end up at the top of the head, all right? Now, based on the method that I learned back in the day uh, by Nick Ortner, I also got his books back then and I studied them. We catch the emotion and we write it down. What are you feeling? You may be feeling a lot of things right now. A situation might have steered everything, but what's the number one thing, the number one concern? Write it down and then take a moment and pause and tune into the body. Focus on your breath. This always helps. Take your time with that. Where do you feel the emotion in the body? Is it in the area of your stomach? Is it in the chest? Is it in the throat? Write it down. Track it and write down. Where do you feel the emotion in your body? And now tune in and ask from a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the absolute highest intensity, how bad do I feel this emotion or this memory or this flashback, whatever it is, write it down. Track the emotion of it, write it down from 1 to 10. And now we know what it is, where we feel it in the body and how bad it is, all right? So we have enough information about this energy that has been stored in the body. Now we are going to make a statement and we are going to voice it while we are tapping the meridian point called the karate chop, like this, okay? This is what we're gonna do. And we're going to be doing this and we are going to simultaneously say the statement, even though I feel or think or I believe fill in the blank with what it is for you. I choose to accept, forgive, love, and approve of myself as I am right here, right now. You can do this fast like that or slow, or you can also just do it like that. Maybe you feel distrustful and you don't believe, let's say, your boyfriend is going where he said he's going because in the past you've been lied to by your partners, or generally, let's say you have abandonment issues stemming from childhood. So now you're a little bit hysterical. You don't quite trust your man um, or your woman. So let's take this as an example. So you're going to say, even though I feel distrustful and scared of being betrayed and abandoned because I don't trust James is going where he said he's going, I choose to accept, forgive, love and approve of myself as I am right here, right now. So you're going to repeat this statement while doing the karate chop three times or until you start feeling an inner shift. What does that mean? 
For me, usually when I start yawning or my eyes start tearing up or I feel a little an emotional shift in my stomach, I know then that energy has shifted enough so that I can now move to the next stage of my tapping session. What is this next stage? We're going to uh, do the meridian points shown on our map. This time we tap with statements. Now you can use this in two ways, either to process an emotion or to shift it. Usually processing it first makes it easier to shift right after. So I would say don't skip stages. So this process, uh, we make it at the emotion a statement, okay? So what is it that you feel? In this case that we said, uh, distrust and fear. Which one is most? Let's say I, you realize I feel fear most of all, fear of being abandoned or something, right? So we say as we are tapping the points, all this fear is the emotion, right? All this fear that I'm feeling, all this fear that I'm feeling and feel free to speak out any memories or stories or other emotions that you have coming up. When you feel you have nothing else to say, return to your statement, all this fear that I'm feeling and allow whatever else uh, to come up to the surface, okay? You, you might start speaking like all this, all this fear that I'm feeling because this situation now reminds me of back then when this and that, so. You may cry or you may start laughing or you might start shaking or yawn or feel your temperature change or get a headache. All is good, keep going. These things are a good sign actually. It means that energy is moving. You may feel your stomach churning or you may burp or you might even release gas. This is all all right. This is how emotional energy that has been stored in the body for years and moves and shifts and finally leaves your system. This could also show you where the emotional energy has been stored in the body. And boy, we store a lot in the gut. That's why you have it often that you might start burping. Um, if you feel dizzy or your blood pressure feels weird, lay back, have like a pillow or something, lay back and get comfortable and you can continue with your tapping. All is well, right? You can have also a little blanket if you feel cold. So it's also perfectly all right if when you are done with your session, finishing here at the head, if you feel exhausted or if you feel speechless or if you feel quiet or just ready to go to sleep, you have released a big load. It's time to rest indeed. Um, drink plenty as you are working with EFT, okay? Uh, you, if you're, when you're done, you can have a warm shower, you can go directly to sleep, allow the brain to rewire, sleep is the best. So when you're done with processing, you can move into uh, processing whatever, whatever other emotions you may have felt cropping up during the previous session, right? As you were saying, all this fear, maybe you felt angry, process that. And then go on and try to tap positive affirmations into the meridians. So you do the same cycle of meridian points, but this time you are saying positive affirmations. You are tapping them into your system. Let's say we start here. I am safe and protected. I am love. I am divine love. I accept myself. Not every relationship is the same as those from my past. 
What if I chose to expect good outcomes this time around? What if I chose to feel safe in my body and in my relationships? What if I chose to believe that good people come into my life? What if I chose to believe that I'm safe in my body and in my relationships? I am divine love. I'm always loved. I'm always safe and protected. You get the point. So you start putting in beautiful statements. If you don't feel like it, if you don't feel ready yet for that and you're still in your darkness, then go back and process that darkness, okay? Go back to your, or this fear I feel, or this anger I feel. So take your time with these processes and be patient and loving with yourself. Crying, again, is not bad, but be mindful of your personal body condition. If you have asthma, if you have high blood pressure or heart conditions, take it easy. Don't overexert yourself. If you're crying a lot, drink in between, okay? Uh, always do what feels right for you and you only. Now, you may find some very upsetting things coming to the surface. Trauma underneath other trauma and underneath other trauma. That's also right. Chew on it. Some emotions may have other emotions hiding underneath. It's perfectly normal. Uh, take your time to chew on them and don't force things. There is nothing to get done here. So no rush. We are trying to help your nervous system regulate itself again by releasing emotional energy stored in the body. This might bring up stories and memories or even perceptions from different parts of yourself. Remember, you have an inner child also inside of you. You may have different versions of yourself come forth to speak, especially as you're doing the, all the anger I feel or the sadness I feel. So um, it could be that there's suddenly this five-year-old version of you speaking about a memory, like that was terrible back then, made me feel like this. So ask questions or let these inner children share their stories and speak and huh, vomit it out. And take the information into consideration in helping you shape your life in a manner that serves you and all your different parts, not just the parts that society accepts, but also these wounded parts. What do they need to thrive? Is there a part of you that wanted to paint, but mom and dad said there's no time for that because you're supposed to be studying for school and then you're supposed to be doing that sport because mom and dad want you to be doing that. How can you help integrate that part of you that wanted to experiment with creativity? Could you start painting now? Remember, you are the boss of your life today. So my loves, this is the process, these are the processes. Take them and ride with them. Take them and use them consistently. It might feel exhausting at first because you're learning to do that and you will find also in time what works best for you. I found for myself, you know, like a lot of people are showing that you're supposed to be doing it one, two, three, five, ten times and then move on to the next part. And then, you know, but what I found for myself was that it purges so much more for me to be staying and to be going a little faster. This is how I like to go. This is my ideal pace. Uh, and to be staying on each meridian point until I feel ready. 
usually there's like I might stay five minutes or ten minutes on one meridian point and usually there's so many stories and memories uh pouring out from a single meridian point and then when I move to the next one Maybe there is only one or two things that are coming out. And then I move to the next one and ooh, here there's other stories. Why is this happening also? I think because each meridian point um, corresponds to different organs. These are lines that are going to organs. These are, for example, uh, the meridian that runs to, let's say, the stomach or the spleen. This is where we store emotions like worry. Ooh, so many stories I've had pouring out of this meridian. Why? Because worry has been a big, a big one for me. Um, in the, I don't know, in the lungs, we store grief. Also, I've had so much stuff pouring out of that because grief was also an emotion that I had been dealing with a lot and actually not exactly dealing I had been suppressing it you know growing up at home we were all supposed to be like this so this deep grief had accumulated inside of me so every time I was working with meridian points that related to specific areas and specific emotions if I had a lot of these emotions if these emotional energies and, uh, and statements had been very prominent on my journey and the traumas that I uh, endured I might have spent 30 minutes tapping on one specific meridian point and this requires a little bit of stamina I have to say that's why I said have a little pillow have a little blanket you know so many times I'm just gonna end up laying back there sitting there with my glass and with my blanket and just continuing and and I feel it when I'm done I'm done I'm ready to go to sleep but I'm also done with this material so find what is working for you when I work with people, I don't do it like that. But like I was back in the day when I was still experimenting with that, I tried to do this uh, compact, heavy duty purging on my boyfriend. It was overwhelming. So go as light or as deep as you feel. Uh, it brings results for you because everybody's nervous system is different. All right, my love. So <laughs> that's been a huge video. I knew it would be like that, kind of. And I really just wanted to put all of the information because really, if we are going to be clearing our energy in order to be able to hear our intuition and guide ourselves with that intuition, with that inner guidance, and with that guidance that comes through our connection to the divine. And if it is that we start connecting with the divine and attracting close to us divine intelligence, we need to address trauma. That's why today's episode is just so important. So important. Feel free also to look further into it, like the books from uh, Nick Ortner. It's, it's, it can give you also more ideas on how you could be using EFT. A lot of people are saying EFT doesn't work. I did it on me and it didn't work. I think it has to do with exactly what I said, that you need to find the pace and the amount and the pressure even 
that works for you. Again, I know people that they were like, no, it doesn't work for me. And then I went with my own hands and I was just tapping on them. Uh, I was applying different pressure and I was staying there and I was asking questions. So uh, sometimes some people might not be so expressive. Um, they might need someone to help them uh, with questions, questions upon questions. And like this, you start pulling out the thread of the story and the traumas upon that story. So um, this is a very vulnerable work. I don't know if you feel okay with doing this with a companion, someone who can help you by posing those questions. I personally prefer to do this on my own. I know that when I'm doing this work, I'm gonna go close myself in my room because I also, you know, it's, a, it's an intense purge. It's an emotional purge that can happen. For me, that's what happens. I'm always crying my ass off. And I don't want, let's say that my partner who lives with me, I don't want that he sees me like that because for me, it's very, it's very easy for me and I'm perfectly at peace with getting lost into a process and then I'm out of it and, and you know, it's, it's me, I'm back. It's good old me, Elena, because I understand the difference between now we are in a process, now we are vomiting emotions. It doesn't mean that I'm always like that, you know? So, um, and I know my, my partner doesn't, is not gonna think anything about me. He's been there on quite a lot of my processes now that I'm thinking about it. But somehow still, I prefer to have my privacy when I'm doing these processes because I know myself best and I know that my darkness doesn't scare me, but my darkness can scare other people. <laughs> um, so yeah, feel free to see how you create your space, like this sacred and, and safe space for you to do these processes where you feel safe. Because if you don't feel safe and you, you know, if you're like, oh, in five minutes, the kids are gonna bust in, mm, you're not gonna be able to really surrender to the process and allow the material to come up and out. So I would say, if you can leave the kids for, three hours at your friend or your mom and stay at home and do your process. You know, like this, you know that nobody is going to interrupt you or you don't have to take care of other things and you just focus on your process and you can surrender to the process. I like to do these things when I know, like, if I know, because my partner is also a musician, so if I know that he is going to be playing concerts and he's gonna be gone, let's say for a whole day or for the weekend, then I know, I'm like, ooh, two days I can chew on things <laughs> and I can just be here and do my stuff for, for two days. Nobody's gonna annoy me so I can be as raw and just get this gunk out of my system. All right, my loves, our shadow should never scare us. There's so much information. This is by, by turning around and looking at it and being like, oh, you're also here, baby. Hmm, okay. Like this, this is how we integrate the shadow. And the shadow brings gifts. It's not a shadow anymore. 
when it's integrated, it's not a shadow anymore. It is a part, a well-integrated part of your personality. So it's alive and healthy and it's, you can utilize it. And it doesn't throw tantrums under the surface and that makes you unconsciously playing out, you know, this intensity that is under the surface. I hope this all makes sense. Anyways, so have a good one. I'm finally going to wrap this video. I love you all. Take care. Goodbye for now.